Buenos días, good morning, and this is Beyond the Walls with Pastor Israel Rodriguez and my co-host, my brother, my friend and partner, Tim Flirty. This is the talk radio show that goes beyond the surface level to explore the deeper truth of faith. Join us as we journey together into the heart of God's love and discover the power of faith to transform our lives. And we're back with another week of Beyond the Walls. I'm Tim Flaherty, and we have with us our co-host, Pastor Israel Rodriguez. Muy buenos dias! Good morning, Treasure Valley. It's so good to be back here on another episode of Beyond the Walls. And It's a good day today, isn't it? It's a wonderful day, and thank you for joining us this morning. And again, we have back with us, we have John McGee, councilman here from Caldwell, Idaho, and... John, you know, every week we start the the week with a question, and, and it's usually something that it's been on my mind, or maybe I've had an interaction with in the community during the week or something, and so I, I like to, I, I think that maybe it's an opportunity for me to ask a question that others might be a little bit timid or shy to ask, and then have the pastor give us a little bit of, of inspiration or a little biblical teaching here at the beginning of the show. And of course, this week, we're going to be talking about that time in your life, 18 to 25, 18 to 26, when you were a young staffer in D.C. and uh, serving in politics. And so my question to you, Pastor, is how do you, as a pastor, help young men in that that age bracket, that 18 to 25, when they're, they're not quite children anymore, but they're not quite all the way fully grown up? How do you help them be good men? How do you help them grow up? Yes, something that really helps me to help them is just put into practice what I learned from my dad. You know, you want ongoing dialogue with your son so they feel comfortable talking about anything at any time. So keep talking, you know, conversation is very important. Uh, Take the time, you know, I'm talking as, as a father to a son, you know, play with them like you did when they were little, you know, so they will remember, spend time doing things that they love doing. Don't allow them to live undisciplined lives because, you know, those teenage years, you know, those early adult uh, days, this is where they're going to put into practice a lot of the things they have been listening at home. You know, take advantage of every teaching opportunity and especially take the time to pray together because a lot of the things that we try to tell our kids, you know, those young men face-to-face, person-to-person, when we bring God in the picture, they feel like it is God talking to them, you know? So I will just copy and paste and put into practice those in trying to help young men, you know, grow up. And John, yeah, I know you've done some mentorship, and I certainly I remember when I was in college, and you're, you're a little bit older than me. You're maybe, what, 10 years older than me or something like that. And I remember meeting you. You were already in the state senate at that point you were so kind and so gracious to come to school to our to to the university and speak with us as young men what what is it that you tell young men you know nowadays and I, and I know you do some of that what do you really share with them especially i think young husbands young fathers that you're you know what how do you help them grow up and we have about 2 minutes sure i think you know i think israel kind of got it right when he says you know, you got to listen to them, right? I think sometimes we as mentors or role models or people in those positions, 
think, well, I just got to come up with the most profound thing to say. What is, you know, what's some piece of information I can give them that'll burn in their hearts forever? And, and, but, you know, I think so much of it is listening to them and then reacting to that, right? And so I think the best thing that mentors can do is listen to the person that they're talking to. What's, what's on that person's mind? What's on the, that young guy's mind? And then how can I help him? How can I be a resource to him? How can I be a blessing to him? What, is, what now is a good word I can give him based on what's on his mind, right? But I, I think the same as in, just in leadership just in general. You've got on a, on a team, you often have rah-rah guys that people consider to be the leaders, right? And then you've got guys that are quiet that lead by example, or aren't as rah-rah. And those guys are, are just as important, if not more important, to, to the rah-rah guys. So I think, I think just listening. I think that's a great point. And I, and I think that if you give yourself an opportunity, especially if you're in that leadership position, to hear the people that you're leading and what they're asking for, I think it gives you an opportunity to really have an impact. And with that, we'll be right back. Are you a local pastor who needs supplies for your church or nonprofit? The Estegos Community Warehouse is the place for you. You can find a plethora of items such as teaching supplies, toys, bedding, and even garden supplies and decor, all at discount prices, some even 90% off retail. You can join Estegos Community Warehouse by going to estegos.org and filling out an application. Membership is free and only takes a few minutes to sign up. That's estegos, A-S-T-E-G-O-S dot org. And we're back again, and I'm Tim Flaherty, your host of Beyond the Walls, and we have with us Pastor Israel Rodriguez. And of course, our guest this week and next week is uh, Councilman John McGee from uh, the city of Caldwell. And we're talking about John's life, and of course, we heard last week, and I would encourage you, if you didn't hear last week, to go back and listen to his story, his origin story of growing up as a child in Caldwell and what that was like to go to college there and and you know get that foundational uh, level. Our our uh, shows are available everywhere that you can find podcasts. So, John, you graduate from College of Idaho and you decide that you want to work in politics. You want to make a difference in politics. How do you? How does that manifest itself? How does how does that come together? Well, I in high school I had actually worked for Dirk Kempthorne's campaign and i would drive over three times a week to boise and get go to the basement of the hoff building and tim you know exactly where that is <laughs> i've and been in there a I, few times i would make phone calls i'd have a list of donors and i would call them and i would try to encourage them to donate to dirk kempthorne and that's um that's how i got connected to to dirk and then a job came up in caldwell for a, a field assistant in caldwell and I applied for that job, and I was a, I was able to get it, and I stayed there for about a year, and then an opportunity came out came up in the D.C. office, and so I packed up my car and I moved out to D.C. Let me ask you this: You're a field assistant, so you're, you're fresh out of college, you graduate, you got your degree, and you get this opportunity. You're in Caldwell, and you're a field assistant, so. What does that mean? What are you What are you doing? Is it, is it like letters from grandma that her water rights are being abused, or what are you What are you dealing with? Yeah, it is that for sure. You're you're doing 
constituent service where you're trying to help grandma out with her, you know, with getting her Medicare, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of that. There's a lot of going to meetings and, and representing the senator at meetings and just being a listener and reporting information back to him as to what's going on in Canyon County. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of that kind of that kind of work. And how many of those field uh, offices were there at that time? I mean, we're talking the mid '90s. So you you had Caldwell. Was did you cover more than just Canyon County? Yeah. Sometimes, depending on the issue, you would go outside the county. There, we had probably seven or eight of them across the state. Coeur d'Alene. There was one in Moscow. There was Idaho Falls, Pocatello. Twin Falls. So, I mean, I think there's six or seven of them, and, and of course Boise as well, and that was the main the main hub. And so, yeah, you'd go. And I remember uh, in 1997 there were big floods um, on the Payette River, and uh, the town of Payette a lot of it flooded. And so I was kind of the the person on the ground for Kim Thorne to to get information to him back and forth. We took him on a tour of the of the damage and. So, you know, lots of activities like that, then moved out to D.C. When you go to D.C. and you're, what, 23, 24 at the time, yeah. something like that, yeah. you, you head out there, where do you live? Because I've been to D.C. a number of times, and I, the city is very divided culturally and, you know, also economically divided. So did you find like a, a room in a side closet of a basement of some you know, how did, where, how did you survive? No, that's, ex I mean, you're exactly right. It, we lived in a row house and there were eight of us that lived in a row house, right? That's probably designed for a family of four. And my friend, Kelly Barber, he worked for Helen Chenoweth. And, um, so he and I were roommates. Uh, Ryan Fitzgerald also worked for Kemp Thorne. He lived in that house. Several, several of us lived in that house. When you're low-level DC staffer, you do not make much money, and so we would often we would go to receptions in the evening so we could eat, you know, <laughs> and so we didn't have to pay for dinner. But it, it's it's a lot of work, right? You get there, you get there early, you stay late, especially if you want to make your way up, you want to make an impression. So there are lots of late nights, and then. Um, you just turn around and do it the next day. It's it was it's a grind. So that's a great great question, and and I really wanted to hear this from you. What you know, you you go out there, you're a young guy, and so of course you're just doing whatever work comes to you. But at some point, you make that transition from first guy on the block to somebody who's really passionate and caring and doing something about something. Right? You, you're you're efforting some sort of legislation, as we like to say, forward. What does that day look like? Yeah, well, towards the end of his term, he had an, Dirk Kempthorne announced that he was going to run for governor. So a lot of the staffers who were DC based, who lived in DC, and that was going to be, and that's their home, they started looking for jobs, right? They wanted to get a jump on getting another job. So that left a lot of openings for senior level positions. And here I was, you know, this 23-year-old kid, and I was making my way up quickly because everyone was leaving. And so it did give me the opportunity to handle a lot of big issues. I remember I, I did a lot of agriculture issues, and I handled the, the MAP program, which is a big agriculture grant program. And we were able to get, you know, $300 million for ag programs in the country. So I... 
is 23 year old handling those policy matters and pushing through those policy matters. I was, I was fortunate to be put in a position where there were openings ahead of me and that I could uh, kind of make my way up pretty quickly. Well, and I guess what I'm wondering is, you know, what, so you wake up, say six o'clock in the morning, right? Go to the gym, get that out of the way. And then what's it like? I mean, are you having a staff meeting in the morning? Are you briefing other people? Are you, how's that go? So the average, uh, yeah, that's the average day is you're doing correspondence. You're going to committee hearings. You've seen these on C-SPAN a million times, right? I was the person sitting behind the senator that you see in the background on C-SPAN. That was me, right? And so you go to these committee meetings. You have groups come to the Capitol that want to meet with the senator. And so you brief the senator on the topic that they want to discuss, and you you handle that meeting. And so it's it's topical. When I was there, I handled agriculture and some other natural resource issues. And so anything that um, the senator needed to be briefed on, I would always brief them on on those issues. And that really makes a lot of sense. I mean, especially knowing you now and how just well-educated you are on resource issues and agriculture issues. And of course, how, how, how that translates into the work you were able to do later on in life. It just must've been a great training ground. Well, yeah, it's kind of funny. I couldn't, I had friends that owned farms and I couldn't even set a siphon tube when I was in high school, (laughs) but you, you go to DC and you start learning the policies, right? You start learning about it. You got to learn about it quickly. You got to do a lot of research and so when you're always around it and you're always dealing with it on a day-to-day basis, you, you learn about it pretty quickly. And there were no Google back then, so no. it wasn't like you couldn't just, let me get a TikTok on that. And I'll, no yeah. no chat, chat AI or whatever. None of, that, none of that stuff. Yeah. Well, with that, we're going to be right back and we're going to talk to John about him coming back to Idaho and what that was like. Looking for a place to worship and connect in the Caldwell area? Come and join us at Deer Flat Church. We offer two Sunday morning services at 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m., providing flexibility to fit your schedule. Our services are filled with uplifting music, inspiring messages, and a warm, welcoming atmosphere. We believe that everyone is welcome, no matter where you are in your faith journey. Come see for yourself and experience the joy and fellowship of our community. Visit DeerFlat.org to learn more about our services and events. We look forward to seeing you there. The Estegos.org Community Warehouse is a powerful tool for churches, nonprofits, and schools to get the items they need at a fraction of the cost. Most items are available up to 90% off retail prices. Membership to Estegos.org Community Warehouse is free and takes just a few minutes to sign up online at Estegos.org. To learn more about how your church, nonprofit, or school can start saving money, go to Estegos.org. And we're back here beyond the walls with Team Florida and our guest today, John McGee. John, I'm so proud to be able to call you my brother in the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for all you have done here in the community. And uh, on the last segment, we left you talking about your time in DZ and all that took place around you in your early days working there. But what made you come back to the mighty metropolis of Caldwell, brother? <laughs> well, it was... Uh, Dirk Kempthorne in nineteen late ninety seven decided that he was going to run for governor. Phil Bat was had announced his retirement, and so Dirk decided that he was going to come come back to Idaho and run for governor. So for those of us who wanted to stay with Dirk, working on his staff, 
need to go back out to Idaho. Or there are a lot of people who just are what we, they live in DC and they're just professional staffers. And so many of them stayed, but I decided that Idaho was a place that I wanted to be. It's where my family was. And so I decided to go back with them and we did the campaign and we won uh, the campaign. And I worked, um, worked on his staff for a couple of years as a staff member at the Capitol. And then there was an opportunity to run for office in my community. The state senator was just in his first term, and I thought it was someone that potentially that I could run a race against and perhaps win. And so that went well, and I ended up in the, the Idaho Senate. I always think it's funny because we talk about this sometimes, and it's it's you know it's always nerve wracking running for office because mm-hmm. you you think you have great ideas and you're talking to people and they're saying those things back to you and here you are 26 years old and there's a first term state senator in office whose message isn't resonating with the community and it's somewhere along the way you say to yourself is god calling me to do this there's an opportunity here this is the community that i love this is where i grew up and and the things start to line up and then you say, okay. I mean, and I could hear the hesitancy in your voice when you were saying like, well, there was an opportunity and it, and it's a little bit, and I know this because it was, is this a calling for me? Is this something mm-hmm. that I should, should take, take on? And that first campaign, of course I wasn't involved because I was much, much too young for that at that <laughs> point. <laughs> it, it, I was in college. And so I was not even aware of the, state senate race in caldwell at that point but was there a defining moment that you felt like this is go time like this this is this is a time when i'm gonna step up yeah i think i if you're wise when you're making these big decisions you're doing it prayerfully right and you're also talking to people around you who know more than you do i I learned something early that I think is very valuable, and that is understanding that I I can't know everything about every topic. And so I've managed to become, I think, a good listener. And you find people that you trust who know more about a topic than you do, who know more about running for office, who have done it before, who can see things that you can't see. And you just ask them questions. You have to you have to have confidence that they're being honest and straight up with you because you know you're asking them big things, right? These are big questions you got to ask them. And so there you just you've got to find and I think believers, you know, people who are grounded in their faith and you just ask them, what do you think of this? What would you do? What, you know, how would you do this? How would you go about it? And so I think by asking those questions to the right people, you can figure these things out pretty quickly. Do you remember how many doors you knocked on that first campaign? I I couldn't even tell you. Um, a lot, and my parents did. And Hannah, who I met during the campaign, she did. And so, and I had friends that did it. it so it was a, it was a team effort. I was I was blessed to have a lot of supporters who wanted to go out and work hard for me. And Hannah, you mentioned your wife, Hannah. You met on the campaign trail. You know, did she hear about this young buck, former baseball player star at uh, College of Idaho running for office and got involved? Or was there 
a different connection that happened there. Well, I remember it very well. We were at a Republican Central Committee meeting, and Steve Kren, who is a friend of mine and a former state representative, had this um, volunteer from his church that was helping, helping him out. And I saw her, and I asked Steve if he would introduce me to her, because I thought she was pretty, pretty nice to look at. And so... <laughs> And I figured if she was hanging around Steve, that she was probably Christian. And so um, we went out and had coffee, and the the rest, as they say, is is history. So he lost a volunteer that day. He did. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, that's probably how Steve looked at it, yeah. Uh, maybe some vote vote trading later on in life, you know. <laughs> right. In reality, though, you, you, you meet this fantastic woman, this wonderful woman who – you know, we're going to hear about in the next episode about your guys' life together and what it's like being a, a husband and a father and raising these kids together with, with her. But what's the, what's the thing that you like most about, about being married to Hannah? Well, I, I knew that night that she would be an excellent wife and an excellent mother, and that those are just things that she took seriously oh yeah anybody who meets her knows like immediately she's not only someone filled with integrity but also love and kindness and joy and sympathy and empathy and and all those things you could just if you ever have a chance to meet her you'll 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 hear you'll hear it and you'll see it immediately yeah she's just totally put together and authentic and i i just knew you know you know marriage can marriage can be tough and so when you do get married you got to find somebody who's willing to uh be in the tough stuff with you and uh it was pretty evident even only after dating a few a few times that um that was probably going to end in the direction of getting married Israel do you have a question well other than wanting to know uh how did he meet Hannah and and, and how did he get her to say yes you know <laughs> Having John in our community here uh, back and uh, doing this great love, this great work of love in the community. John, tell us about these opportunities for outreach in the community to serve. My understanding is one time I received an invitation to be part of uh, Genesis Community Health Clinic, connected with all different institutions in the valley, just to love on our, on our city. Yeah, that's, that's, that's great, Israel. And there's a couple of that come to mind for me immediately um, that I'm, that I'm involved with that are, and that are faith based. And one of them is uh, Genesis community health, which um, they are, they're located in garden city and in Caldwell. They have, they're a Christian based medical clinic. And I've been involved with an organization called love Caldwell for many years, Jim and Sharon Porter, um, pastors in Caldwell started that organization. And so there's lots of those serving opportunities out there. And we're going to hear all about that in the next episode of Beyond the Walls with John. He's going to come back one more week with us, and we're going to get to a chance to hear all about that from him. And with that, we'll be right back. Hey, this is Pastor Dave McGuire from Deer Flat Church. If you're looking for a welcoming community where you can explore your faith or you want to deepen your relationship with God, come check us out in Caldwell, Idaho. Our Sunday worship services are at 9 a.m. and 1045, and you're going to love the setting. We sit out in the middle of farm ground. 
Our members at the church offer such guidance and friendship and support as you journey on your spiritual path. Find us online at dearflat.org or stop by for a visit today. Hey, this is the church, the perfect church for imperfect people. The Estegos.org Community Warehouse is a powerful tool for churches, nonprofits, and schools to get the items they need at a fraction of the cost. Most items are available up to 90% off retail prices. Membership to the Estegos.org Community Warehouse is free and takes just a few minutes to sign up online at Estegos.org. To learn more about how your church, nonprofit, or school can start saving money, go to Estegos.org. That's A-S-T-E-G-O-S dot O-R-G. And we're back. And again, I just want to say a really quick thank you to our friends and sponsors at Estegos.org Community Warehouse. If you're listening to us and you are a church pastor, please go to Estegos.org and sign up your church. We literally have 14,000 square feet full of things that can benefit you and your ministry. And we'd love to hear uh, from you and and meet you and give you a tour. Uh, So, Pastor... Why don't you give us a little prayer for John this week, and 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 uh, we'll we'll be back. Lord, we thank you for giving us another day to be able to listen to your voice and do what you say. Thank you for your ways; they are always higher than ours. And even when we don't understand, when you're shifting us from one place to another, we know you're in full control. We thank you for John and his life and his testimony, and for bringing him back to Caldwell. Use Tim, use John, use myself, use every person that is listening to this radio program today so that your will in heaven can be done here on earth for your honor and your glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. And just so you know, next week we're going to be coming back with John and we're going to be talking about his life now in Caldwell, the service uh, that he provides again to Genesis, to Love Caldwell to the church there at Deer Flat as a city council member and all the all the day-to-day things that he does just as a servant in in the community and with that we'll see you next week <laughs>